Hey, welcome back to Pigeon Hockey. This is Chris, and today is co-host Sebastian. Hello, hello. And you know us, we're just a goalie and a goon that have taken one too many pucks or fisted ahead and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So how goes it, Sebastian? I'm pretty good. We're just on a, uh extended holiday break right now for hockey, so things have kind of come to a screeching halt. So uh, kind of just been... Uh, enjoying some time away from the rink what about you for folks like you that are actually coaching in hockey or playing hockey uh it's a nice little break for people like me who watch it it's a depressing break because <laughs> you know, i mean what none of y'all are playing the ohl the usphl none of the leagues we regularly follow on this podcast are are playing but really no league is so it's been an interesting holiday season so far you know we're just doing our thing here you know day by day it's always dark so i'm now trying to do recordings in the uh loft space that we have here i don't know if uh, those folks that have been listening lately the sound seems like wavering in different spaces so i'm testing out this space to see if it's a little bit more you know just a better sound for me on this mic probably not keeping this mic when we move back to north america it might be a guest mic but as long as we're here um I'll be on this mic, but I'm just trying to find the right space for it, really, uh, so that when I'm editing and and those listeners that listen to the podcast hear it, it's actually quality sound. You don't hear every smack of my lips or every echo that's happening in the background in the kitchen or something. So yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what I'm up to. I'll just think if uh, if you do end up moving, uh, you know, get a place with an extra bedroom, you have your own studio. Yeah, that's what I had in the for those that listen to this podcast uh, in the beginning. That's what I had. I had my own recording space. I had my own office. Uh, I had a couple different spaces in that house. It was a big house. Here, it's an 800 square foot Danish apartment. Not a lot of space. And yeah, finding a space that works for recordings like this. I don't really have my own space. I'm usually in the living room or the bedroom or the kitchen. And this is the loft space that technically could be used for storage or really seriously a second bedroom. But we really only have two bags and two boxes up here. <laughs> That's what's it. My wife comes up here and studies or reads. And I come up here to, well, apparently, if, if the sound is good, I'll, I'll be coming up here to record. Yeah, and, and I mean, another plus, I mean, not that I'm trying to, you know, encourage you guys to move. But, uh, you know, these, these could be happening live in person. Well, yeah, I mean, it's one of the areas we're looking at when we leave Copenhagen. It's one of the four major city centers we're looking at where... You know, we're looking at the Vancouver, Ottawa, Montreal, and Toronto areas based off of availability of, of different things and such. Obviously, we know what our favorite spots are, clearly being the west coast of Vancouver and Ottawa. But we're not ruling out Montreal and Toronto based off of opportunities. Not exactly. I mean, Montreal's a great city. And Toronto, for me, is super close to home. But, you know, it, it's we know what we're aiming for, so... There's a lot, lot in the air when we when we eventually leave Copenhagen. The live recordings there in Ottawa would be sick. Trust me, Ottawa's high on that list. Well, if you want, I can help you eliminate Toronto by just asking you to look at a price of an apartment. No, no, we've looked. Uh, we've looked at a lot of places, and we live in Copenhagen, so <laughs> everything's expensive. But yeah, I mean, the cost of living in Canada is definitely going to be higher 
than it is in Denmark, specifically food. So, you know, we're, we're, there's a lot of things to consider with, with the opportunities. I mean, Toronto definitely is my least favorite of the four in terms of areas I want to live in because Toronto just feels like living in another Washington, D.C. And very, well, clearly a very different city because Toronto and Washington, D.C. are extremely different. But in terms of chaos of traffic and such, not exactly high on my hit list, but also not eliminating that, um, probably not moving any small part of Canada, that's for sure. But those four big cities are definitely massive targets for us. And obviously, we both really, really love Vancouver and Ottawa. So, but again, we're not rolling out Montreal or Toronto just because of the opportunities that lie in cities of that size. And for those that listened uh, a week ago, we were also talking about the Champions Hockey League out of Europe. And uh, just a quick roundup before we break into this podcast subject is Munich took down Ramo. Now, if people recall, the series was tied or not series, but the game was tied at two to two and it's two games aggregate score. Well, Munich won the game four to three or basically two to one in overtime. So the aggregate score was four to three. Munich took down Ramo. Ruin did not win. They were taken down by Tapara. They were again tied at three to three. But Tapara took it to him in game two with a four to nothing win. So the aggregate score was seven to three. Rogel took down Sparta. So Rogel had the five to two lead. They actually lost game two one to three, but the aggregate score was six to five. So Rogel moves on. And then there was Forlunda and Lexans. And Forlunda had the five to two lead. They tied game two, three to three. So Forlunda moves on eight to five. Yeah, so that means that they set up the uh, two-game series for basically the round of four, so the final four teams. Those games will be held on the 4th and the 11th of January. Forlunda will take on their home country team of Rogel, and Taparo will take on Munich. My predictions? Forlunda will take down Rogel. I really hope Rogel advances. I don't want the four-time champs Forlunda to advance yet again, but I think they're going to. And then uh, I... I think Taparo is going to take down Munich and for the final, I don't know what the exact date it's going to be yet, but I will say that Tapara will take down the four time champs and Tapara, those gorgeous, gorgeous orange and blue jerseys will be champions. So you think that Tempura is going to be a champion? hundred percent. I get it. Tempura, Tapara, got it. <laughs> Food jokes. Oh, ben, ben would like it. That one was Ben red. would Ben, ben would like that. But the, yeah, so this podcast is actually going to be all about, it's that time of year. I'm going to call it the Yuletiden because in, in Danish, that means Christmas time. We're going to do our NHL Yuletiden Christmas wishes. And me and you talked about it. We weren't able to schedule a specific time with our friend there, Stefan, out of the Ogden Mustang. So we're going to schedule a time to jump on with him and hopefully record that all-time dream team list that we all want to build in the hockey world and we will get to that hopefully next week if not mid to late january but we want to line up our times we're excited to have stefan on that episode and and stefan if you're listening we'll wait we'll wait but honestly it was our schedules that actually affected that recording so it wasn't him that was that was on us this time around but you know such is life what we're going to do now is move on to our nhl yuletide wish lists so uh, that said, Seabass, how about you start us off in the Metropolitan Division? Yeah, so starting us off in the Metropolitan Division, this is actually one of my favorite ones, this team, uh, and this is Carolina. 
So, you know, I'm going through their, you know, Christmas wish lists. And then I started thinking, I'm like, you know what? They don't get anything. They're a bunch of jerks. They're on the naughty list. So, Carolina, you get nothing. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. For Columbus, honestly, for me, and, and I think listeners know that I wasn't a huge Torts fan. Still not a huge Torts fan. He's like the old guy, just shakes his fist at the TV. So for me, for Columbus, I think they just want to wipe out everything, and they want everyone to forget that Torts was ever a coach there. And then that way, you know, hopefully one of their first-round draft picks will actually want to stay around and build a team in Columbus. <laughs> I think I think that's a good goal, man. I think that's a really good goal. Don't worry, New Jersey didn't get away with it either. New Jersey, uh, New Jersey, congratulations again, new marketing department, because that Jersey jersey, <laughs> awful. The fact that your starting goalie made a joke on mask, I mean, come on. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's having poking fun at it. No, I think he's making fun at it because the players think it's horrible. So congratulations to get a whole new department. <laughs> Yours are going to be a lot funnier than mine, that said. But uh, uh, what about the island? Uh, so I was thinking about the island, like what what would you know this team, these players really want? And I think what they really want, and and, and you know it's the Christmas holidays, so this makes sense. I think they want to spend time with their family. It was a what 13 game, uh, you know, road trip to start the season off because of their new arena. Couldn't imagine how hard that'd be to be on the road. So you know, Christmas time they want to spend a little time with their family, so we're giving them a break. Uh, yeah, I think unfortunately breaks are along the way here, whether we want them <laughs> or not in the National Hockey League. But uh, so I had the New York Rangers. For them, I wish right-wingers. So Hunt is playing on one of their higher lines, and Cabo Kakinen isn't quite holding his own on the top line. I'm sorry. So I think Drury needs to make some moves, but I don't think a rental for this season is the right answer for the Rangers. They're building through something big. I don't think they're going to win a Stanley Cup this year, so I think a rental is stupid. I think they actually need to shore up a little bit more of their their right-wing problems that they're having and focus on that. For Philly... Sorry, boys, you need a rebuild. It isn't working anymore, and it's time to come to the realization that it's not working. They're not that good, and I think it's time to blow it up and rebuild Philly. Cool, and they just signed, like, seven defensemen that are over the age of 35. They're pretty good. (laughs) That's Philly's thing, too. Philly is always attracted by the sexy names on the market, not really giving it any big thought. Like you see a big name like LeCavalier becomes available. Philly drops seven million on him. Like, yeah, but how old was LeCavalier at the time they dropped that money on him? Uh, they're always attracted by those big names and it's not working for them. And so time to blow it up, rebuild, get some youth in there and uh, make this a functional hockey team. Pittsburgh. Here we go. Last season's $4.8 million COVID relief loan that they took out from the U.S. government alleviated their rent concerns and helped them sell this franchise. So I suppose for the Penguins organization, um, I'd say right now they're salivating at the thought of another $5 million loan becoming available so that they can take away from all those struggling small businesses and help pay off some of their $22 million spent on the Neverland Ranch at the same time they're getting that COVID relief bill. You know what? Pittsburgh. And Pennsylvania, in a nutshell, they don't need another bakery. They don't need another dry cleaner. Uh, I think the people want more Penguins hockey. Hmm. There was definitely no salt added to that one. (laughs) They were the only professional team out of the major four in the U.S. that took the relief loan and not give it back. So Washington, I would say the Capitals want more OV goals. Less COVID-19 delays. And so the grade eight can keep chipping away at number 99. Another cup would be cool, too. I think Ovi also wishes that very much so. Yeah, and honestly, between lockouts and COVID, it's getting hard for him to. Uh, to I think he's going to catch. I think he's going to catch Gretzky's goal record. 100%. But uh, I think 
we need to have less delays for that to happen because this is this generation's Gretzky, man. Like he's just phenomenal, and I, I want him to get to that goal. But let's move into the Pacific, man. Uh, what do you got happening in the Pacific? For, for Anaheim, I was trying to think of something serious, and honestly, this is something serious, and I, I really think that this is what their fan base would want and, you know, their players. And I, I think that's for John Gibson not to ask for a trade. This guy's in his prime. He plays up and down, but when he plays up, he's unreal. Like, I mean, hot start for him, hot start for the team. They're in a, like, awkwardness of, like, hey, we're rebuilding, but we're not rebuilding. So if I was him, I'd want to go somewhere to, you know, use my prime and try to win some cups. So, honestly, if I'm Anaheim, I'm hoping that John Gibson does not ask us for a trade because he should. Yeah. How about Alberta team one? So we'll go with Calgary on this one. And honestly, for Calgary, I think, yeah, there's a lot of needs in that organization. But honestly, what I think for Calgary is they want a captain that's going to be as good as Gino and Iggy was. They just went back-to-back mm. stud captains who, you know, were a really leader across the NHL. So I think for them is that they want to find that next that next stud leader because that's kind of what they've been known for. All right. What about uh, Alberta team number two? So for Edmonton, it's playing defense. Not a specific, but just <laughs> defense. And I think this is mostly coming from their crease. They're saying, hey, please get us some defense. But uh, yeah, yeah that's the that's their problem there, I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think goaltending wouldn't hurt that bad either. But how about L.A.? So for L.A., you kind of already touched on a team needing a rebuild. Uh, I think L.A., what they're asking is for their fans to forget the, the word rebuild because they just seem to be in this awkward phase where they're rebuilding but not rebuilding. I mean, signing Philip Deneau to him massive contract when you know the rest of the team around him is kind of aging or not as good as it should be so i i think for la i think what they're hoping for is uh to avoid the rebuild and stay in this weird limbo that they're in yeah i would say that the that there's a few teams doing that i would say anaheim's been doing that uh and i might mention some teams that are also kind of doing that i've already mentioned philly it's like it's time to just accept where you're at and start it over you know if you're gonna try to hold on to these legacy players i don't know what you want to call it at this point but it, it's it's time to for some that it's time for some of these teams to blow it up one of those teams is san jose <laughs> but for san jose i wish them offense they're the lowest scoring team in their division they need goal scorers because their goalie tandem of reimer and hill it's not anything to write home about they're decent but they're not all-stars uh, they've got the cap space. I know the Kane drama is not helping them, especially losing his offensive skill and grit due to off-ice issues. But it is what it is now. They need to find a way to move and move on from him. They need help now, but their long-term defensive contracts are, are truly hindering their long-term needs. Oh, you mean the Carlson trade didn't work out for them? No, no. That 11.5 hurts. I think it's 11.5, 11.65, something along there. And then Brent Burns' contract is pretty thick, and then so is Velastic. It just, yeah, I those contracts are not helping them right now. They need some offensive firepower. And then we move on to Seattle. Easy. They want to find that expansion year magic that Vegas Golden Knights had. But Vegas had Marc-Andre Fleury. They need that type of player. Vegas was lucky enough to walk into a generational talent for free. Seattle wasn't that lucky. I mean, they had a chance, I think, but obviously the season didn't work out the way it would for, for Carey Price, and I'll touch on that later. But, I mean, they had a chance to swing for a big name and then see what happens, but they decided to go conservative, and I think they drafted a mid-pack team, and that's kind of what they are. Yeah, and that's that's where, that's where they're standing right now. Um, and then it moves us into Vancouver. I think they want more Bruce Boudreaux magic. They're in dire need of a top four defenseman as well, I will say that. They need to kind of shore up their back end a little bit, 
and find a proper pairing for Myers or Ekham Larson, however they want to split boys up. I think they want more of that Boudreaux magic, but they also desperately need another top four defenseman. And then Vegas, Vegas, their wish list basically just includes Lord Stanley's Cup because I think anything short of that for them in the next year or two is failure. Oh, I agree. They've they've built the roster and made the trades for it. So, I mean, they've got about a two-year window until it's almost time to break up the band. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's what will happen if they don't do it. And now we're going to move into the Central Division, and I'll start off on this round. Let's go right in Arizona. Dare I say it? Because I think everyone knows what I'm going to say here. Do they want rent money? <laughs> yeah, they, they want rent money. They need a new arena. But I will say most yeah. NHL fans want them to leave the city. I think Arizona's whole situation just makes the NHL look bad. And it's seriously no knock on the Coyotes fan base. They actually have a very passionate fan base down there. I just don't think they have enough of a fan base that can support an NHL franchise. And I think it's time for this team to move on and find a, a new home. They have to move, find a new home regardless, but I think that should be a little bit farther away than maybe Coyotes fans are hoping for. Bonjour. <laughs> Quebec City, I think I think that would be a great learning spot. But uh, then we move on to Chicago. I think Chicago needs an excellent return on their assets. I think they need to realize a rebuild is necessary and start getting assets for – some of their talent while they're super talented because this team could rebuild quick if they're just willing to give away the right pieces to start to rebuild quicker. It's time. Imagine moving a Patty Kane right now if we're a playoff team that's trying to make a run. Dude, like, can you, you imagine? You could literally say, we literally say, we want all your first round draft picks. Also, we want to be the owners of your team. The team be like, cool. Yep. Done. Yeah. Yeah. They're not a Stanley Cup team. They're not going to win a Stanley Cup in the next five, six, seven years. I think it's time to blow it up and get those assets, and that's what they need to do. That's what I wish for the Chicago fan base is a good return on their assets, which they need to execute it quick and fast because the return on a guy like Kane, you said it, would be phenomenal. Colorado, for them, I wish Marc-Andre Fleury, and that's it because – if they really want to take a run at this cup seriously, they seriously need to go after Fleury before Edmonton smartly snags them up for their run because Fleury is going to be available in this sell-off that they're going to have here in Chicago, and he should become available. This is Vezina winning trophy right now. He is the guy who's currently holding that trophy. And if you're seriously going to make a run for the cup and you're Colorado or Edmonton, but specifically in my case, Colorado, I think they need to make a run for Marc-Andre Fleury, so I wish them Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah, I mean, they're going to need – both those teams need to find something. Yeah, because they're not going with – they're not going anywhere with their current setup, truthfully. I'm sorry. And then Dallas. For Dallas, I wish for them to solve their road issues. This team can't seem to buy a win on the road. And so I don't, I don't know how they solve that, but uh, they got to figure it out. So for them, solve your road issues. That is my wish for Dallas. What do you got? So for Minnesota, I think what they're wishing for is a Backstrom to their Ovi, and that's someone to play with Kaprizov <laughs> the same way that Backstrom's just always had Ovi's back. So to me, Kaprizov needs a you know needs his Robin, and I think that's what they're wishing for. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good call because I mean if he had someone feeding him, can you imagine? Yeah, their little rebuild they're gonna go through would get fixed pretty quickly. Absolutely, it would. 
So uh, with Nashville, um, I think this is pretty easy. They just want Matt Duchesne to keep playing the way Matt Duchesne played in the, in the past. I mean, the way he's been playing this year has kind of been like the prime Matt Duchesne, and I think that's what they traded for, and that's what they're finally getting. So they just want to stay the same. That's what they want. Yeah, and if they can keep a healthy Matt Duchesne and he can keep performing the way he's performing, Nashville's going to shake up the playoffs a bit. Absolutely, and I think you know they, they need that. So, uh, And now moving on to St. Louis, it's going to be kind of a shots fired situation here, but they're looking for a true number one. Don't get me wrong, Bington has shown he can be, but then he also shows that he just loses his lid and he's basically no good after that because he's just so focused on how P.O.D. is or whatever it is. So I think they still have some pieces. They have some young pieces that are, are working well together. I think they just need someone who's going to be calm and steady in the crease, and I just don't think that J.B. is that guy right now. Yeah, I'd say it's a pretty good call. I mean, there's different goalies with different styles, and he's definitely one where once you get under his skin, you've totally thrown him off his game. And, yeah, I feel that one. And for my last one out of the Central, it, it's Winnipeg. And with what just recently happened, I honestly think what they want for Christmas is a coach as good as Paul Maurice. I understand why he stepped down and, you know, things weren't working out. And, you know, he said they needed a new voice. And I, I completely agree. I think, you know, sometimes that's true. Unfortunately, they just lost a very good hockey coach. Uh, so I think on the Christmas list is someone just as good as him to kind of hopefully help them push past where he was able to bring them. Yeah, I was shocked to see that. I think a lot of us in the hockey world are super shocked by um, him choosing to resign. But I think that's a spot on call there. I think they're hoping for someone as good as at least as good as Paul Maurice said so that takes us now into the Atlantic. I'll start here with the Atlantic. Uh, Boston. My nemesis. OK, so. I'd say for Boston, like their 2011 Stanley Cup dancing partners, this team needs another top four defenseman. I don't want to give them any good ideas. So that's all I'm going to say for Boston. I'm going to move on to a team that needs needs a lot of help. And that's Buffalo. Buffalo, my hometown team. I, I wish for them to end the rebuild. They need some toughness and character to be put around their young developing core. And now as a goalie, I love the fact that we've had Anderson and we've just got Subban. I love these goalies. I have the Anderson Colorado jersey. I have the Subban Vegas jersey. I do definitely think that Uka Pekalukkanen is about to break out as their starter next season. But some people don't have faith in Malcolm Subban. I do. I think Subban is a great fringe starter slash backup as Uka Pekalukkanen develops into his role. But again, I think Buffalo desperately needs grit and character and this might be a shocker because most teams don't want this guy but i think why the hell not it's like when the buffalo bills got to and we had him for that season we sucked for 20 something straight years like 21 22 straight years he was fun that season he wanted to win he was the only buffalo bill that actually showed any passion on wanting to win and hated losing and that's what that team needed and as much as this guy might be considered a cancer to different teams, different cultures. I think bring in Malcolm's brother, PK to Buffalo, get some passion in this team. I don't see it. I don't, this team just gets punched around during these games. There's no passion. There's no drive. There's no desire to actually win. And PK's a loud character. He's probably a problem for a lot of NHL teams, but for a team like Buffalo, especially with his brother playing on the team, and I know they're both going to be free agents at the end of the season, but, you know, why not lock them both in for another year? You know, they get to play together. Let them finish off the season together. Let them play together next year. How cool is that? The Subban brothers on the Buffalo Sabres. I just think that PK has a lot of character. And I think that 
that team just needs to learn how to actually want to win and actually be frustrated when they're losing because I don't see it out of the Buffalo Sabres. So again, for the Sabres, I wish for them to end the rebuild. And as odd as that might sound, I think it starts with a player of actual character like PK Subban. I mean, that that's a, a bold ask. So, I mean, I'm not a fan of PK Subban, so I would love him for, I would love for him to go to Buffalo and, and drag the rebuild on. I don't think he'll drag the rebuild on. I think he'll kickstart some uh, things that the, the Sabres organization needs into gear. I wouldn't say he's a, I would say truthfully, he'd be a rebuild rental for us. I think we just need to get the kickstarting there. I think we need to protect some of our um, young core out there. And he's a big guy and he's not going to, you know, back down. I, I like PK Subban in this type of role. And I love Malcolm Subban. Like he's, you know, goalie union right here, but yeah, I would love that. We have the cap space to get him. We just have to pay him off the rest of the season. And I think we could dump some specific pieces, but that's that's a full episode. Um, <laughs> but that's that, that said, uh, I still have two more teams left in the Atlantic. Detroit. For Detroit, I wish a second-line center behind a nice guy, Dylan Larkin. Someone solid that this team continue to build around as they're doing their rebuild. Uh, I Again, I don't hope this happens for this team anytime soon because they tend to terrorize the National Hockey League when they're good. But yeah, I think that they desperately need a second-line center. And did you see Dylan Larkin buy that guy a beer after spilling yeah, it? Yeah, I saw that. That was actually <laughs> that was so cool to ask the equipment manager if he has his wall on. The guy's like, What? Yeah, I thought that was super cool. But yeah, I think Detroit needs a definitely a second line center behind Larkin. Uh, And then to wrap up for mine, uh, I have Florida and for Florida, I wish the Florida man. And by Florida man, I mean specifically Jacob Chitron. Again, I think he's actually born in Florida. His dad was part of the Panthers organization. And I think him going back to Florida would be a really good thing because I think they still need some defense support back there. I think they've kind of got – I just think they definitely need more strong defense there in front of Obrovsky. And if this team wants to make a run for the Cup, they're going to need another top four D-man. And I think Jake would be the right guy for that role. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, but unfortunately, no, he trains in Ottawa and has a lot of friends in Ottawa. So uh, I think he's coming to Ottawa. So uh Sorry to, to break the Panthers' hearts. Uh, well, you know, we'll see what happens. So what do you got here happening in the Atlantic? So talking about Ottawa, Jake Chechen obviously is one of the things on a wish list. However, the number one thing I think on all Sens fans at least list, and honestly probably some of the players, is a new owner. I call him Uncle Eugene. Uncle Eugene has just been A, distracting, B, BS. So I think a fresh start, you know, as Ottawa started to kind of climb a hill a little bit i'm not pierre dorian saying you know the rebuild's over but um you know they're starting to climb the hill i think having a new owner come in and really kind of push them up that hill would be what they needed so for ottawa it's a new owner all right how about montreal for montreal i think what they want is 2014 2015 carry price um you know the year he won the mvp because honestly that's the only thing saving them this year yeah i agree with you there and how about tampa I think for Tampa Bay, what they need and what they want is regular season Kucherov back. Yeah, it's nice having him in the playoffs and somehow magically having $11 million to spend at the, at the trade deadline to, you know, stack your team. But after watching them play Ottawa recently and not play very well or then play great, I think they really do need Kuch back in their lineup. All right. And how, how, about, uh, how about Canada's team? I already talked about Ottawa. 
<laughs> that was good. That was good. All right. All right. How about Toronto? <laughs> um, this isn't a hard one actually. This is this was this was my easiest one when we talked about doing this episode. It came to mind right away, and, and honestly, I think it's a second round appearance. They just they don't care if it's four games and swept. <laughs> They're just sick of hearing, you know, it's been X amount of years until you you know play a second round series. They just want to play the series. They don't care if they get beat out in four. Then they can tell people, yo, we made it to the second round because you know that's how Maple Leafs fans chirp. They're like, well, back in 1965, like great. So you know when they make it to the second round, now they have something to chirp back at players and their fans. Sorry. <laughs> I think that's uh, I think that's pretty well put there because i think right now don't they have the same amount of appearances in the uh second round as atlanta uh yeah and obviously same amount as you know seattle congratulations seattle <laughs> you've tied an nhl team <laughs> yeah yeah i think the they're having a little bit of a rough go the last you know 20 years so it happens Oh dear, but that said, that's uh, definitely what some of these teams need here. Um, this was a fun one to do, uh, looking into what teams needed. That said, we do want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at PHHOfficial to let us know what you think. And also be sure to comment and share any upcoming games or hockey news we should cover in a future podcast. And again, players, coaches, owners, family, friends, fans, if you think there is any highlight worthy of submitting to the podcast for December's highlight episode that will air the first Wednesday in January, send us a DM at PHH official and tell us the team, the date of the game and the exact time on hockey TV so that we can rank it for consideration. This was the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris and Sebastian. Thanks for listening. And remember, always clear your crease.